The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. This is kind of a special because what we figured we would do here is gather together some of our great Exploring Different Brains interviewees who stress that most important aspect of neurodiversity, which is employment. First, let's hear from Lynn Miner Rosen, who's a life coach, an ADHD coach, and has dedicated herself to maximizing the potential of those of us with different brains. As our mutual friend Temple Grandin says, you got to get a job. You got to get a job. With that, I turn it over to you. Well, Mark. Temple absolutely hit it on the head as far as parents need to help their kids get experience and get jobs and have responsibilities, and she's right on with that. And what I'm seeing is a lot of these kids that have these neurodiversities and challenge invisible challenges are not preparing while they're in college you know it's but it's not really anybody's fault I mean it's so wonderful they're going to college that's a relatively new thing I think a lot of parents are really happy they're just in school and just let them be and they don't have to get a job just as long as they pass their classes. But I think there's a few other little things they can do while they're in college so that they're more competitive when they get out. And it's not just about academics because a lot of these companies, um, businesses that are hiring are looking for things like social skills and transferable skills being more important than academics. So practicing eye-to-eye -eye contact, uh, practicing standing up in front of a crowd, you know, doing public speaking, teamwork, how to work together, uh, how to get along with other people. And the way you're really going to learn that is, you can. there's many ways, volunteering is great, uh, or getting a job, any job, doesn't matter what field, a job, an experience. Uh, joining clubs and organizations, and it's not about what club, it can be the chess club. And, and it's not even about pumping up your resume. It's really about learning those skills about getting along with other people. Because employers know if you belong to all those clubs, or whether it's the newspaper club or a public office in school, they know you're learning those skills that are really important for on the job. Uh, getting along with teachers, you know, having some kind of conversation with teachers. So what do you see as a parent and as somebody in the industry and doing a lot of public speaking is the biggest challenge for these young adults that are going into college and graduating college and looking for a job? Well, I think uh, in my view, um, one of the most worrying statistics to me goes back to what you and Temple Grandin feel so strongly about, getting that high school job, getting into the workforce when you're in college. Like when I was in medical school at Boston University, I was hustling six jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bouncer at a bar. I was reading to a blind lawyer. I was drawing blood at 4.30 in the morning to get free meals at the hospital. It was great. And it was a good time to boot. But um, I think one of the statistics that I, I heard recently was that the uh, percentage of teens in the workforce 
which used to be in the 30s, is now down in the teens. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other statistic that really bothers me, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like 36% of people under 40 are living with their parents. Uh, and this, uh, this is not a good trend. Um, I think that giving the tools to independence and employment is one of the best gifts we can give our kids. So you want to give them you know, roots and wings, as the old saying goes. And I think we as parents, um, I'm generalizing, of course, but uh, I, I think uh, as a parent, I've, I've not stressed that enough early enough. And I think that's a very important thing. And that, I think, is the big key, because I think that the, uh, uh, this whole new world that all these uh, millennials and we all find ourselves in is just so totally different. You know, when I was growing up, you play stickball for a couple hours with the guys I'm still best friends with. Nobody bothered you, nothing. Now you fast forward to now. It's like, you don't get a spare minute to even think. And whereas the printing press took a couple of hundred years to change things around, Facebook changed it in about eight months. Yes. And we're going on and on and on. Uh, I think personally, that if I'm a, a teen now, I'm in middle school or high school, and my brain does not rewire itself evolutionarily, I will not survive as a teen unless I develop some ADHD, unless I can simultaneously listen to my mother, watch a video, text my friend and be playing a video game at the same time, I'm a social outcast. I'll get left behind. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of reward now for right. focus, for sitting down and reading a book for three hours. Mm -hmm. And um, there's certainly not a lot of impetus nowadays uh, to, uh, to go to work, get a job. How boring. Yeah. And I also think that there's a lot of misconceptions about, oh, it'll be easy to get a job, I'll just go online and apply. And I'll just plug in my resume and poof, I'll get lots of people to call me. And I, you know, I always say this with the work that I do is that people spend more time looking for cars and figuring out the headroom and the legroom and the color or a vacation, you know, what hotel, how long are we gonna go there, what's the temperature? They spend more time on cars and vacations than on choosing a career. And it's about choosing your passion. And they, it, it's, they're not figuring that out. Well, you just hit the key thing, because they're not getting the exposure. Yes. Nobody's talking to them about yeah. it. And it amazes me that these clueless parents like me, who's maybe now a little less clueless. But you know, what's amazing to me when I meet families, and I meet a lot of them, and they come in and I say, what is your uh, child, who might be 35 years old, what is he interested in? Oh, I, I don't know. Well, did you ever? And then I meet the individual and say, what are you interested in? They're glad to tell you. They're glad to yeah. tell you what they're interested in. But many times, they don't have an interest, and those are the ones you have to get exposure for. The, the reverse is also true. I like telling the story about of our Boys and Girls Club of Broward County where we, we serve about 12,000 kids. Our outstanding youth of the year many years ago was Selena Constantine, who was wonderful. She happened to be from the Hackey-Reitman unit. And uh, 
she was uh, going to FS, going to go to FSU. She had a scholarship, and, and she was going to fulfill her lifelong dream. She always wanted to become a surgeon. So I said, "Have you shadowed a surgeon?" She said, "No." I said, "You want to? I'll arrange for you to shadow one." She said, "Well, can I shadow you?" I said, "Well, I'm just an orthopedic surgeon." But she goes, well, I might be interested in orthopedic surgery. So she shadowed me for two weeks, and when she accepted her scholarship, she told the board that I've wanted to be a surgeon my whole life, and I'm going to FSU, and I especially want to thank Dr. Reitman because I shadowed him for two weeks, and I'm proud to say I will be majoring in criminology. <laughs> she did it. She did not want to do it, but how is she supposed to know? Well, that's the work that I do with my clients is I first, while they're in college, uh, recommend that they join clubs and organizations and get work experience so they learn what they like and what they don't like. Uh, that's really important and get exposure. Then the work I do is also figuring out what are your interests, what are your goals, what are your passions, what, what, do you, what are your skills, what skills do you want to learn. I had one client who went to college and he had very significant ADHD and a stutter and anxiety and really struggled but he went to school and he was so successful in the band and his parents were just so happy he graduated they were just happy he was there he never had a job he never went to a career office he never thought about careers until he graduated and then a year went by working and another year went by and he really thought he was going to be destined to be in the music industry forever. And we started doing some work, and he realized, and he did some informational interviews, and I helped him what questions to ask, how to get there, who to call. Uh, he did some informational interviews and job shadowed a physical therapist and an occupational therapist and decided that's what he wanted to do. And he all his whole time in college thought that he was going to be in music forever. Next, we'll hear from Michael McManman, the head of the college internship program. That's the post-secondary program serving students with learning differences. If you find a job that you love doing in an environment you like, and you're good at it, and you can also make a good living and help other people at the same time, that's a trifecta. Right. And our system yeah. doesn't provide for that. College no. internship program does some, though, right? Right. Everyone has to have an internship, and everyone has to do community service. No matter whether they're going to college or not, they still have to have an internship. Because you notice that the med schools now and the veterinary schools and the um, uh, law schools won't take anyone unless they've actually worked in a law office or a veterinarian office because they get these people who take up space it's very expensive to get a veterinary degree. And then they become a veterinarian and they don't want to deal with blood or poop. Or, and so it's a real problem. And lawyers who, there's how many lawyers do you know who don't practice law anymore with law degrees? They either can become a politician or retire. So it's a problem. And uh, I would tell parents that you want to have your kid experience all kinds of work environments and volunteer positions because you don't know what you don't know and just because they're good at they think they're going to be a video programmer or whatever you know they think a video game whatever which a lot of them are stuck on doesn't mean they really aren't better at something else or will like something better than I went for an English BA in college 
and I volunteered at all, lots of different volunteer positions. But I went to an orphanage on the weekend in a little, you know, a, um, a station wagon. I guess they don't have station wagons anymore. But um, went in a station wagon with a bunch of guys and girls from the college. And guess what? Doing that internship, I mean, that community service, I learned I wanted to work with kids. And I met my wife in the back of that you know, station wagon with a whole bunch of other people. And uh, so uh, that's what happened. And so you need to get them out there doing different things. Just because you fed their, their special interest, which is video games or whatever, and you say, oh, he's really good at this. He knows everything about this. Doesn't mean he's really good at that. He could be better at something else or enjoy something else even more. But that's what he got attention for, and that's what he was interested in when he was a child. So that doesn't mean that he's, you know, you got to look at the whole picture. Next up is Stacy Hoagland. She's the president of the Autism Society of Florida, the editor of the Autism Notebook magazine, a tireless advocate who's on every nonprofit board you can think of. And she's the parent of her son, Zach, who's on the spectrum. And by the way, who's one of our very good, excellent interns here at Different Brains. Yeah, and you know, the way that I look at it is, as far as employment goes, um, I want him to be included in his employment. So even if it means a job at Publix or Walmart or Sears or Pennies or Home Depot, or whatever it might be, that's fine if that's where he wants to work. But I am a big proponent of being included, included with everyone else when it comes to your um, employment opportunities. And so if he can't make a go of it within the film industry, he will always have that as a hobby and something that he enjoys. And his friends are like-minded in that, so they enjoy it. They go out and they film and they, they love it. So if that's a pastime for him, and that's the way he chooses it to be with a job, because there's a lot of people that work at a job every day that they don't necessarily love going to, but it's a job and they're, you know, it pays their bills and does what they need to do. And if that's who he is and he can spend his time when he's not at the job doing what he loves, that's fine too. I mean, yes, ideally I would love for him to be in the industry. And if he can make that happen, which he has some pretty good contacts, so I'm kind of assuming that he will. But if not, that's okay too. Now let's hear from Valerie Herskowitz, the founder of The Chocolate Spectrum, a chocolate shop in South Florida, staffed by people, all of whom happen to be on the autism spectrum, and they do a great job. One thing that I just want to say to parents is that don't wait around for somebody to come and drop something in your lap, because that's not going to happen probably for a long time. They, you need to be out there rattling um, doorknobs and trying to get people to open them to your kids. Uh, there's a wonderful... Thing that happened that I wanted to share is that one of the individuals I know, a parent up here, literally went and like he was looking for a job. He really hit the street, he hit the pavement, and he and he didn't wait and he didn't end until he found a job for his son. And it's worked out beautifully. And he also works on those skills that his son needs in those jobs at home during the week. So, and his son's not even graduated from high school yet. So. If people think that there's that their kids are going to graduate from high school at the age of 22 or whatever, and there's just going to magically be this incredible life for them when they're done with high school, 
that's not there. They, you have to start planning way ahead and you have to start being very assertive and, um, and pushy. I guess that's aggressive, but you have to, you have to, you have to get out there and start making things happen. It's just not something that just appears. Now let's go all the way out to the California coast, out to San Francisco way, where Michael Burnick of Ascend, and who also is the author of The Autism Job Club. Let's hear from him on employment. Well, let's start with the first advice I give everyone, uh, and I follow it myself, um, is don't do it alone. You're not alone in this, and uh, don't try to take on the job placement um, um, task for uh, a son or daughter or neighbor or, or other family uh, on your own. Um, there's a, uh, the first thing I tell people is, number one, get an autism coach. If you can qualify for Department of Rehab Services um, or what we call out here in California Regional Center, um, services, um, but a variety of government services, get someone outside of the family um, to work with your son or daughter or um, nephew or niece. I, I think that outside influence is very important, Hacky, and there are people who um, specialize in this. It's a greater and greater specialty among job coaches, coaches who work um, with adults with autism to find jobs. Now, what do these coaches do that's so different? Well, in some ways, they use the same techniques that all of us need to use these days in finding employment, uh, either full-time employment or independent contracting or um, other ways. First, they um, look at, you know, they use the job boards, but they use them intelligently. Uh, the job boards um, do have some value especially if you locate the um, ones particularly for your sector and your geography. But they, um, you know, as everyone knows, you, you're getting 200 resumes for, for every position. So you have to use them smartly. Um, it's also very important these days to just get in the door. If you're having difficulty getting a job, if there's some part-time work you can get with a firm or independent contracting or even volunteering, though the volunteering needs to be structured, uh, I think highly structured in most cases, but you want to get in the door. That's the most important thing you can do these days. Get in the door. And the other important thing is if you can, if you're looking for a job, when I say use a smart, the job board smartly, try to get a referral from someone within that particular firm because these uh, human resources people will tell you they're getting 200 resumes for most positions, maybe not all, but they're getting a lot of resumes. Um, because of the ease, um, the um, um, job boards make it so easy to um, apply for jobs these days. It means that on the other side, more and more people apply. So. Um, those are some of the techniques, uh, again, getting a job coach, um, using job boards smartly, uh, getting in the door, getting a referral from someone within a firm. Those are techniques, I think, that apply to everyone these days, but particularly for our community. Finally, no discussion of employment and neurodiversity would be complete without 
including the great Dr. Temple Grandin. My mother had a really good sense of just how much to stretch me, to stretch me slightly outside my comfort zone so I'd keep learning and doing new things. Uh, it was her idea to have me go out to my aunt's ranch. Then after I'd done my aunt's ranch for two summers, she said, well, let's do something else. And we'll do the aunt's ranch for half the summer, and we'll do an internship at a research lab for the other half of the summer. Also, as an aide for a child with autism, another half of the summer. Always stretching. Never throw, she never threw me in the deep end of the pool, but always stretching and doing new things. I was hostess at her parties when I was seven, eight years old. She got me a sewing job when I was 13 years old. And when I went away to my boarding school, I, was, I ran the horse barn, cleaning stalls every day, putting the horses in and out, feeding the horses. And now when I look back on it, riding the horses are really fun. But actually the most important thing for my development was running the horse barn and learning how to work. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.